hate it. <laughs> Public service announcement from Ronnie at The Gunning Truth. Don't forget to like, comment, share and subscribe on my YouTube channel, The Gunning Truth, and to listen on Spotify and iTunes to any audio that I post weekly. I try to record on a Thursday evening the audio version of the show and I release it on a Friday. And then during the week, I've got my Arsenal videos that I post on YouTube and very soon... The Gunning Truth Tuesday night show will return for the new season. I also, at the weekend, have Off Your Game with Josh, where uh, we discuss the Premier League. Join me, like, comment, subscribe on YouTube, and have a listen on Spotify and iTunes. Come on, you Gunners. The Arsenal squad is large, it's huge, and we've just had... Quite a major injury with Urien Timber, very likely out for the entire season. Uh, listening to loads of opinions, it's obviously very likely going to be a minimum of six months. And then obviously you need to get into competitive form or competition form for that matter. And I just feel that uh, it's, it's unlikely that we're going to see Urien Timber again. He might be training in the last couple of months, but it, it seems like it's quite serious. Some doctors that's uh, on the twitter sphere some arsenal supporters uh, there was one that said that uh, there's been news that the damage isn't so bad uh, uh, around the meniscus area so that's a good sign in terms of uh, urian timber's future but uh, everything points to a, a highly unlikely nature of urian timber performing for arsenal at a high level this season and when he does come back if arsenal are really competing like we hope they will, then it's going to be very difficult for him to start. Look at Smith Rowe last season when he had injuries. Uh, even Nelson struggled for game time after having maybe not even significant injuries. Just the fact that uh, from a competition standpoint, they just weren't ready. Tommy Yasso as well. Tommy Yasso got injured in the back end. Saliba injured at the back end. Uh, so it's, it's very tricky for Arsenal. They've spent, obviously... Actually, if you think about it, from the three signings, that was actually the best value for the quality of the player. Obviously, high value on Rice. Uh, the jury is still out there on Havertz, and especially now with it seeming that Arsenal has some sort of issue in relation to financial fair play. Obviously, Oteta wanted the guy. I'm referring to Havertz, but that was quite a large outlay for somebody that we probably have decent amount of cover for in that area and i'm not criticizing the deal i'm more concerned about the main fact and i've been moaning about it for the entire preseason, is the fact that arsenal are not at the moment selling well things can change and there's going to be lots of fire sales come the back end of this transfer window closing but if you just think about it the outlay on kai Havertz. It has to have an effect because we're not selling well. We have to watch how we spend from here on in. Over 200 million spent, obviously a fantastic deal. So the timber deal was brilliant and a fantastic deal to get da David Raya on a season-long loan with an option to buy. And uh, 
the, that's fantastic, but we are still not selling well. Our, our only major recoup so far has been uh, Granite Jacker. We've obviously let go one or two youngsters, mostly on loan. And I think there's only one where there was maybe a small compensation fee because he was in our academy. Then, uh, obviously, Granite Jacker for 20 million pounds, so that's 25 million euros to buy a Leverkusen. And then Matt Turner, 7 million plus 3 million add-ons to Nottingham Forest. The stories also of Tavares, uh, there was two stories. Number one, Arsenal looking for around about 15 million for him. And then there were stories of, uh, I think John Cross today said that Arsenal looking for 30 million uh, from Nottingham Forest for Tavares. I don't know that's going to be possible. I don't know if it's tied somehow with the fact that we gave Turner away for next to nothing, an international goalkeeper. And then you also look at other deals being done. Chelsea getting quite high fees for players that's either that were good, uh, players that they are but too easy getting getting rid of, uh, if I can call it that. So that is a that is also something to look at. Unfortunately, we have to look at rivals. If you can call Chelsea rivals, they have been able to recoup a lot of money. It's still not fair for the way they are spending money and the fact that they are under FFP watch and they have been fined for FFP. Barely uh, academy players worth of money that they were fined, but they're still spending exorbitant amount of monies. At the time of this podcast, they've already confirmed Caicedo for a British record fee. And then they are still going to be getting in Lavia. They actually had to pull out of the Olise deal because Crystal Palace were going to report them to the sports tribunal for tapping up players. Uh, and that's why they decided to go to not go uh, further with the deal. And Olise was confirmed to have signed a contract extension. By the way, he is still injured, so he won't play against Arsenal on Monday. A, a player that I rate very highly. And uh, yeah, so these are the type of things that's happening out there. Manchester City are constantly selling academy players for 15 million plus to Southampton, where Arsenal are struggling to sell these players that have got Premier League experiences. Yes, you can look at it from the outside in. They are not part of Arteta's plans, but these are Premier League proven players. Tierney's not... Get, uh, he's only getting loan offerings, which is strange. And this whole guy from Chelsea is going for 30 million. Yes, he's younger and has got a better injury record than Tierney, but Tierney has got such a lot of experience with Arsenal in a title battle, with Arsenal in a top four battle. He's got championships at Celtic. Yes, you can look at that league as as to what it is. International player for Scotland, key international player, and Arsenal are not able to command the money that we need to. So I can't see how easy that Arsenal's going to sell Tavares for for thirty million, but we are struggling to sell Tierney uh, uh, at left back. So uh, it's it's frustrating me the way I'm sitting here and talking about it because uh, if we were able to sell a little bit better, and we don't know, I don't know, sitting here why it is that. All I can do is do a comparison whether deals are done legally, whether deals are done where. There's very small payments. So say, for example, the whole deal to Newcastle, maybe there is only a certain amount of money. Well, all deals are done in installments, but maybe it's much less in installments for Newcastle to pay for Hall over a long period of time. So let's say a five-year contract and he's younger, whereas TNE Arsenal maybe wanted a little bit more money up front. So those are the type of things that you have to think about when we discuss uh, the the sale that Arsenal are trying to do. 
with the various players. I've got the squad out in front of me right now, and I just want to have a look at this and then also kind of see, in my opinion, what we still need to do. The main issue is we're not selling well. We've just had to do a David Raya deal where it's a loan fee of three million and uh, a guaranteed 27 million or option of 27 million if we are happy with a player. Uh, which a lot of people are saying will definitely happen sooner rather than later. So meaning possibly January, it could become a permanent deal. So currently Arsenal have five goalkeepers on the book. So if you look at the squad at this moment in time, so Aaron Ramsdale, obviously the number one. Alex Runa Runison, it's being reported or rumored that he is off to Cardiff. So at the time of this recording on Thursday evening, 17 August, it's not been confirmed yet, but it seems like he's off to Cardiff on a season-long loan. Uh, there were rumours that he's on £40,000 per week for a keeper that is fourth-choice keeper at best. So one of the highest-paid fourth-choice keepers in the world. So yeah, I don't know. David Raya obviously just came in. Fantastic signing. Looking forward to seeing what he can do. And then we've got Carl Hein, who is quite an experienced international keeper for Estonia. Obviously not a big a country, but he's looked amateurish when he's played. So that's a bit of a concern. And then Arthur Okonko has had a very good season at Sturm Graz. I think they might have either won the league in Austria or they won the one of the cups. I think they might have won one of the cups. So he had a very good time there. So he could possibly be our third keeper because I, I can see Carl Hein maybe going on loan this season. And then obviously David Ray and Ramsdale fighting it out for the first spot. Or maybe it is that we can command some sort of fee for a Conco because we're definitely not getting a fee for Runison or Carl Hein. Uh, so I'm assuming Carl Hein will probably be third keeper with uh, Okonko going for a nominal fee, probably under two million, and Runison on loan to Cardiff. So maybe Okonko can go to the to League One, maybe possibly the Championship. I think he's just come from Sturm Graz, which was a successful. So I don't know why they didn't actually buy him. And then in defence, obviously, uh, as we speak. Tavares is still here, uh, as I just said earlier in this section of my podcast. He is linked to a £30 million. Pound, uh, I'm only saying that because John Cross has had a very good uh, uh, window when it comes to Arsenal news. So he's saying £30 million, pounds, but I don't think we're even going to get £10 million for him, or maybe £10 million plus add-ons. William Saliba, obviously, the current TNE rumoured to be more uh, towards a loan with Arsenal. Uh, option to buy i haven't read anywhere where that's where it's an obligation to buy so that's concerning ben white obviously for first team gabriel's there timber sadly injured for the entire season jacob kivio has been fantastic in preseason when he has played on the left side and then rob holding also rumored to be leaving uh, five million maybe eight if we're lucky uh cedric suarez also still there and then Takahiro Tomeyasu, injury-prone, but a fantastic defender. I've, I've always liked him. And then Alexander Zinchenko, who has also just he played in a friendly today. Uh, Arsenal winning the friendly 3-0, where uh, it's been reported that we had a game against Luton Town. Luton Town, they don't have a match this weekend. Uh, due to the fact that the stadium is being renovated. So uh, the game with Burnley has been postponed. So what happened was they got on the phone with Arsenal and uh, they were able to arrange a friendly where it was three sections of 30 minutes, I think it was. And Arsenal won 3-0, Trossard two goals, Saka one goal and Zinchenko and Nelson got to play. 
I don't know why Saka played, but I'm not going to get too much into it. It was 30-minute uh, medium-intensity friendly game, so maybe a high-intensity game. I don't know, maybe that's not good. But anyway, our midfield, Thomas Partey, it says Saka here in midfield, even though he's more forward. Uh, Martin Odegaard linked with a new contract, so talks underway for a new contract for him as well as Ben White. So they, those are probably the last two that we need to tie down. Then we sorted for quite some time with our squad. Emil Smith Rowe, Jorginho, somebody that we need to make use of in games as well, especially when we're trying to keep keep the ball, uh, and maybe have another holding midfielder that can tackle with him. Uh, obviously Fabio Vieira, who's seen as someone that can play right wide or in Udegaard's position. Albert Sambi Laconga is there as well. So there's quite a few names that can still be going. Albert Sambi Laconga linked with a loan to Burnley. So no no one is interested in buying this guy. Mohamed Alneni will obviously be staying. He signed a contract extension. Kai Havertz is there. 65 million. Oh. 55 million plus 10 million add-ons and then Declan Rice there. In our attack Nicholas Pepe is still here people. Gabriel Jesus injured at the moment. Martinelli fantastic last week. Eddie Nketiah also fantastic last week. Let's give him his props and then uh, Trossard who apparently scored two goals in the friendly today has been excellent in preseason. Has looked good when he's come on against Forest. He did look good. And then Reese Nelson uh, also coming back from injury. And then Falleran Balogun. So uh, let's just go back over the list and let's see what we can get for players that, that seems like they're on the way out. So I feel, uh, well, Runison, it's, it's rumored that he's going on loan to Cardiff. And then I think we might get two million at most. We'll be lucky to possibly get five for Arthur Okonko. I think Carl Hein will end up being the third keeper. And then Tavares, I'm predicting 10 million plus add-ons there for that one. If it's 30 million, I am going to be ecstatic. I might make a podcast just on how ecstatic I am with that one. And then Tierney, I think, will be loan with an obligation to buy for 30 to 35 million. Uh, what else is here in the... And then holding 5 to 8 million in. And everybody else stays. Uh, midfield... Uh, Thomas Partey, the only one really r uh, rumored to go uh, uh, for some sort of a fee. I think he will definitely be staying. And then obviously Albert Sambi Lakonga, I think, will go on loan uh, with an obligation to buy for a nominal fee. And a nominal fee will probably be in and around what we paid for him. In fact, I think we're going to lose a million. I think we'll get 15 million for him. Then Nic Nicholas Pepper, I think that will be an early termination of contract, a year in advance. Uh, and then I think Balogun will go for between 35 and 38 million pounds. So that is enough money, I think, for a possible loan defender and a wide forward that can play center forward and right forward. Similar to like the Trossard situation where he can play left wing or he can play as a nine. So I'm hoping Arsenal can possibly, with the, the impending money that can come in, Get, uh, possibly look at the loan deal for a defender, so someone that can play right back, right centre back, or right back, because obviously Timber's gone and Tommy Yasso can cover the left side, Zinchenko can cover the left side, Kivio can cover the left side, Gabriel is there, and then on the right side, if Saliba gets injured, then we only have Ben White because I think we will get rid of holding and we will get rid of Cedric. So probably need a right side, right sided player more. 
from a defensive standpoint, so a loan or a nominal fee. And then we do need some sort of quality on the right forward because it doesn't seem like Nelson can stay fit. And if he does stay fit, uh, will he be able to perform consistently just to give Bukaya Saka a break? So that is just my take on the Arsenal squad, what we still need to do. We're not getting a striker, forget that, there isn't money. Uh, uh, unless something becomes available on loan. I know there's lots of talk of Ansu Fati at Barcelona. He's apparently said that he's no longer interested in being there because they, are, they don't value him. They gave him the number 10 shirt after Messi left. However, there has been injuries. So obviously with these clubs and, and with Barcelona, ch uh, the changeover is remarkable. And they need to register players and they need to sell in order to register players. So... I don't think Arsenal's going to pay for Ansu Fati, but there is a possibility of a loan. He can play right forward, he can play centre forward. So maybe that is something that can happen. It will. I don't think the wages will really be a problem, because if it's a loan, it will be shared. It could be a nominal loan fee, like a three million like David Raya, and then paying all his wages. That could also be taking place. So Ansu Fati is something to watch out for. Uh, Benjamin Pavard is mostly linked with... Uh, he was linked with which other Premier League club? I can't remember who the other Premier League club is that he's linked with, but I know it's Man United and Arsenal, and then there's a third one. I can't remember who that third one is, but he really wants to leave. Oh, no, it was Inter Milan that made a 25 million euro bid. So once again, Inter Milan, wayly undervaluing players. They didn't want to pay for Balogun. They want Balogun desperately, but they didn't want to pay for him. So that's basically where the Arsenal squad stands. I'll leave it at that. And we'll be discussing the Arsenal woman at the World Cup shortly. Arsenal women at the World Cup. It's once again that time to discuss the Arsenal ladies at the World Cup. And it's been, once again, I've said it in all my shows that I've done on YouTube, that it's been an exceptional World Cup. It's actually been on at a time where people are working during the week and there's Premier League games, uh, we, well, not really at 10 o'clock in the morning on a Saturday, but people sleep in. So it's probably been difficult for people that's maybe semi-interested in the Women's World Cup, but it's been an exceptional World Cup, I feel, in Australia and New Zealand and uh, Arsenal ladies players doing really well. The first semi-final was Sweden against Spain. Three Arsenal players play for Sweden, none for Spain. However, Arsenal are linked with a left centre-back. In fact, it sounds like it's close to being done. Obviously, after the World Cup, it will be. So maybe it is that Arsenal will have a World Cup winner in their squad uh, come the uh, Sunday evening or Sunday late afternoon South African time. So first semi-final, Sweden winning two. Sorry, Spain winning two one just before uh, full time. There was obviously a, a, a cagey game where both teams, you know, huffed and puffed. And then in the 80-odd minute, I think Spain scored first, then Sweden scored, and then immediately Spain scored again. And Spain are through to the World Cup final, their first World Cup final. Uh, unfortunately, Lina Hertig, who came off the bench for Sweden, wasn't able to affect the game that much. And then obviously Arsenal's new centre-back, Ilstedt, who scored four goals at this World Cup. So very close to the golden boot for a defender. Uh, she couldn't help that much. And then Stina Blackstenius, who had chances in the game to score. Unfortunately, they will have to go and play the third place or the bronze medal match uh, on Saturday. 
And then in the second game, a fantastic game, Australia-England, the big rivalry, not such a big rivalry when it comes to women's football, but it will become one, as these uh, two teams have obviously lots of WSL, Women's Super League players, and there were Arsenal players on both sides, I think two each, with uh, on the England side, uh, Alicia Russo, who scored the third goal, England winning 3-1, to go through to their first World Cup final, they are the reigning uh, European champions and they are now in the World Cup final fantastic stuff and they are without key defenders two uh, key defenders key forwards uh, two Arsenal players uh, that had ACL injuries Beth Mead that plays as a forward was the European player of the tournament when they won the Euros she's out injured and Leia Williamson who's actually the England captain uh, Arsenal centre-back both out injured, but they still have so much depth. And Alicia Russo, our new signing from Man United, scored the winner, or you can say the third goal, because the winner was the second goal. And then Lotte Wubben-Moy was on the bench. She hasn't played at all in the World Cup. She's more just a squad player. Uh, and then on the Australian side of things, uh, uh, Steph Catley was captain for most of the World Cup. However, the star player that actually scored a stunning goal for Australia uh, was back. So Catley was vice-captain on the day, playing at left-back. And then Caitlin Ford partnered Australia's captain Kerr up front. Uh, unfortunately, they didn't weren't able to really have that much of an impact on the game. I thought England were absolutely exceptional. Uh, and they will be coming up on Sunday, um, uh, lunchtime, South African time, against Spain. England, Spain at, I think it's the Sydney Football Stadium, a place where lots of rugby has taken place over the years, and also football for that matter. So England versus Spain in the World Cup final. If Arsenal get Spain's left back, and if Spain ends up winning the World Cup, then Arsenal will have a guaranteed World Cup winner. Arsenal's guaranteed to have a bronze medal because Sweden will be playing Australia in the bronze medal match. Three Swedish players, two Australian players. So Arsenal's guaranteed a bronze medal and guaranteed a silver medal. It's not quite guaranteed if they'll get gold yet because if Spain win, we don't know yet if the left centre-back will sign for Arsenal. But it's, there was lots of rumours that it, it, it's close to being done, if not agreed already. And that just needs to be, obviously, the formalities done. So an excellent World Cup for Arsenal women. And this is hopefully going to be an excellent World or excellent season for the Arsenal women who start their season in a group qualifying series in Sweden. Uh, in uh, September, I think it's early September, where they have to play. Yeah, they play in a group uh, at the specific venue, whereby that's two semi-finals, and then you play in the final. If you win the final, you then go through to the final qualifying round to then make the Champions League. Remember, Arsenal, fantastic performance last season with all these ACL and MCL issues still made the Champions League semi-final, and they kept on fighting. So exciting times for women's football. Exciting times for Arsenal. Come on, you Arsenal ladies, and good luck to England on Sunday's World Cup final. Crystal Palace versus Arsenal. It's match day two in the Premier League and exciting times as Arsenal returned to Sellist Park, a place where Arsenal struggled before. 
and uh, obviously the Premier League took Arsenal on a Friday night and that's where our lovely journey last season started it didn't end well as we well know but it started at Sellers Park with a comfortable 2-0 win um, Martinelli goal and a own goal from Gehi a player that's also been linked with Arsenal and the Crystal Palace captain uh, really looking forward to this one looking forward to seeing how Arteta will obviously tactically change things we are away from home we were very good for large parts, uh, probably more parts in comparison than at the Emirates in terms of 90 minutes performances uh, away from home last season. So I'm hoping that Arsenal can perform when it comes to Sellist Park. Just a quick look at uh, Crystal Palace's game. They were away to Sheffield United last Saturday and uh, they beat Sheffield United, who had quite a few chances, they beat them 1-0 away from home, and even Hodgson, Roy Hodgson, getting into a fight with one of the Sheffield United players was one of the funniest things I've ever seen on a football pitch. But just uh, Crystal Palace's, um, I'm using the One Football app, and they tend to give ratings here, which I think is voted on. Uh, so I don't always believe it, but I'll give the ratings as well. So they had Johnston in goal. So he did play last season, I think. Uh, Ward at right back. Uh, both of them got just un just under seven. So that's not too bad. Uh, then they got Anderson at right centre back. I think he got the highest rating, 8.1. So he had a good game. Despite the fact that I thought Sheffield United had a couple of chances. And then their captain, Gahey, that's linked with Arsenal as well. And then Mitchell, Tyrell Mitchell at left back. So that's quite a decent, I wouldn't call it the best in the world, but it's a decent back four. And three of them had really good games. And then they have Jefferson, Lerma and Decoure, who's linked with Liverpool. So it's interesting to see if he's going to actually play. If it is that, that Liverpool pull the trigger on him. And then in the 10 position, they had Eze. On the right, Jordan Ayew as per normal and Schlup, who can play as a left wing back as well as a left winger. And then Eduard up front, so in a 4-2-3-1, the normal Hodgson role. So Eduard had a good game. He scored their goal. Eze had a good game. And Anderson and Gay the centre-back. So uh, very good centre-backs. They've given Arsenal problems in the past. So uh, obviously Eze as well is very good with his feet, good in the number 10 position. Jordan Ayew, not highly rated, but he tends to have good games against Arsenal. And then Schlup as well has had good games against Arsenal. And then a very tough tackling, Decore, who's linked, heavily linked with Liverpool at this moment in time. Uh, on the bench, lots of high numbers. So that normally means that a lot of acad academy players, they had Jean Mateta, who's given us problems in the past on the bench, James Tompkins, and then Chris Richards, Omari Richards' his brother that plays for them, Nathaniel Klein on the bench, Jairo Riedewald, on the bench as well and then a lot of lot of kids so they've got a couple of injuries obviously no more Zaha he signed for Galatasaray yes almost said Fenerbahce and then uh, they have Olise who I said was linked with Chelsea and they tried to tap him up and they were threatening Chelsea with lawyers Crystal Palace and they ended up signing him on a four-year deal however he is injured for the medium term so once again I expect Arsenal to win comfortably uh uh, a bit disappointing the second half against uh, Nottingham Forest where we didn't kill them off had chances to make it 3-4-0 didn't finish off Nottingham Forest so that was a disappointing bit but the way we won the ball back for most of that game the way we were able to track back at times and the way that we were able to control the game we could have been better with how we controlled the game how we managed the game last week but I feel we will be good to win by two clear goals I really really wish for a 
clean sheet. So a similar result as last season where we won 2-0. So I'm hoping for a 2-0 win. If it can be 4-1, then that's also, I guess, fine. Or 3-1, that's also fine. But a 2-0 victory is what I'm going for. And then obviously the Arsenal news. So in terms of injuries, unfortunately, Urien Timber out with a ACL. So he will be out very likely for the entire season. And then Jesus had a pr little procedure with his knee. I am predicting that he will only be back for the Man United game. So he will miss the third game, which I think is Fulham at home. In my opinion, and I think Zinchenko is starting to build up his fitness. Good news that Zinchenko did play for 30 minutes, possibly 60 minutes, in a behind-closed-doors friendly, which Arsenal won against Luton earlier today, Thursday the 17th of August. So my team, just based on the reports that I've read, I initially said that I thought Zinchenko was going to play, but I've actually now changed that. Uh, and I reckon it's going to be in goal. Ramsdale, not Raya. I think Arsenal's going to go back to the traditional back four, if you can even call it a traditional back four. And I think Tommy Yasser will be at left back, left centre back Gabriel Magahesh, right centre back William Saliba, right back Ben 10 out of 10 White. So that would then be four of the back five that played last season. When I say back five, I'm referring to with the keeper, not back five as in defensive shape. And then Thomas Partey in midfield, Declan Rice as the left eight. And supporting, uh, uh, so basically a six and a half, if I can call it that, or a seven and a half, whatever you want to call it, but supporting because we're playing away from home against a tricky team uh, that likes to play with their wingers. So uh, I would like us to obviously have uh, Declan Rice a little bit closer to Thomas Partey and then Odegaard obviously in the 10 uh, behind the three forwards of Nketiah up front. Martinelli left wing and Bukayo Saka right wing. Trossard to come up a, a bit sooner in the second half. We've got Kivio on the bench to cover left back. And I'm sure Tierney will be back on the bench if if there isn't any further news on a transfer. And then obviously Smith Rowe, Vieira is there to come on. Nelson is there to come on. And then Kai Havertz on the bench. So a stronger bench than normal. Uh, so... I'm looking forward to it. Uh, another thing that I think Arsenal need to do, I've been watching the academy and uh, Kozia Dubri is somebody that we need to kind of start getting into the squad. He's someone that we maybe need to look at in terms of right forward. If we are not going to get anyone in, so then Nelson and Kozia Dubri can alternate in terms be of being on the bench. Uh, if it is that Arsenal are going to have Trossard to cover the left wing or Martinelli when Trossard starts and Havertz is still there to cover the 10, Vieira is there and Smith Rowe. Omari, uh, uh, yeah, Omari Kozia Dubri. Watch out for him. Watch him on the Academy documentary, the Wilshire documentary. He's someone that we maybe need to start bringing into the, the fold because he is exceptional and he plays just like Bukayo Saka. He's basically a two-year younger version of a Bukaya Saka when he started. So obviously very young still. So I'm going for a 2-0 win. I'm not very confident always about the defensive standpoint when it comes to Arsenal. I hope, I'm hoping that we're not going to tinker too much, i.e. play Thomas Partey at right back again and have Gabriel on the bench. I hope we go traditional back four with White and Tommy Yasuo as the fullbacks and uh, Gabriel and Saliba as the... and then two... Uh, sixes with obviously Rice but portraying the six and the eight role in the game so uh, really hope Arsenal get the job done uh, Crystal Palace can be tricky they are weaker than last season however they do still have good defenders Gay Anderson are good defenders uh, Ward and Mitchell uh, Mitchell actually normally has a good game against Saka if you watch back uh, 
the game against, even though we won both games by two clear goals, I think we might have won 4-1 uh, or 3-1 at, at the Emirates. But uh, Mitchell had good games against Saka in both. Uh, and then Ward would normally struggle against Martinelli. Uh, and then, yeah, they got Dukure in midfield. That's going to be interesting to see how he and Lerma does against Rice. And I think uh, Rice, Partey, Odegaard should win the midfield battle. Then it shouldn't be really about their back four. So really looking forward to this one once again. Monday night, 9 o'clock South African time. Arsenal to win 2-1 in my opinion. But hopefully it can be even better, like a thrashing type of a thing. Uh, that's not uh, far away. Eh? If Arsenal get it right, they're going to smash teams regularly. But I still, still feel we need to still get to that point as a team. We need to grow and we need to actually get together uh, with uh, regards to the whole timber situation. That's a huge blow. You would have been playing at uh, left centre-back, inverted role. Uh, however, I yeah, I don't think we will be doing anything inverted because Tommy Asso and Ben White aren't really going to be doing inverted roles but hopefully they'll be able to defend better as a unit back four come on you gunners